Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. It's the Chiefs and the Niners in the Super Bowl, uh, Jim. Uh, you know, I don't really... Uh, it was two good games. I, I wanted to see the best teams come out on top. We always do. It's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I don't think people have made much money trying to bet against that guy. No, uh, he is already one of the all-time greats. Um, you know, listen, Brady still has the best overall resume of any quarterback yeah. who ever lived. But, but the eye test tells me Patrick Mahomes is as good as anybody's ever been. And I thought, I thought it was a fascinating game because. The Ravens are excellent. Mm-hmm. They can beat you a million different ways. They have a great quarterback who might be the MVP, great head coach, great personnel department, uh, roster depth, excellent special teams, one of the, maybe one of the two or three greatest kickers of all times. They're, they're great. They're great. Yep. And the fact that Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid came out and Pacheco came out and just scored, did everything they wanted to do the first few drives and built that lead, you could see the Ravens who were playing the biggest home game in franchise history. Mm-hmm. Remember, when they went to the Super Bowl and won it that one time, uh, you know, they, they won on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both times yep. uh, they went won a Super Bowl. This is the biggest ho- home game in franchise history, and they were all fired up, and Lamar Jackson was going to prove how great he mm-hmm. is. And as soon as Mahomes and Kelsey gave him that lead, you see the Ravens just pucker up. Yep. Uh, they did not play the way they usually play. They had stupid penalties stupid emotional penalties, they dropped passes, they they didn't handle it at all. Yeah. And here's Mahomes on the road for you know a second straight playoff game, his first two road playoff games, and he just like, I'm just gonna do what I always do and we're gonna win this game. Yeah. It was really chippy. I thought they they were taunting and hammering on each other. It started before the game, apparently yep. with, with Justin Tucker. He wanted to kick in the same place Mahomes wanted to warm up. Kelsey goes over, messes with Tucker of the Ravens. There was uh, almost a kerfuffle right before the game. These two teams didn't like each other much, made for good football. Yes, and the Ravens are a chippy, physical team. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they took the wrong path in trying to intimidate the Chiefs. Chiefs mm-hmm. aren't going to be intimidated by anybody. They've won multiple Super Bowls. Uh, you're not going to intimidate Mahomes. You're not going to intimidate Kelsey. You're not going to intimidate... Chris Jones or any of these guys, uh, the Ravens needed to play better football and not be tougher. Uh, if you're going to try to be the bully, if you're going to try to intimidate, uh, you either need to actually injure people or you need to be able to back it up with the way you're playing, and they didn't do either of those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, it uh, with uh, Kelsey, I mean, everybody has him number one on the passing list for the Chiefs, but, you know, Greg Olson talked about it a lot, how much on the same page Mahomes and Kelsey are Especially, like you said, the Ravens want to play a lot of zone. You really can't stop Mahomes and Kelsey if you're playing zone, it doesn't seem. No, you can't. And, uh, man, the, uh, the relationship those two have, the big plays they've made over the years, that touchdown pass to the right corner of the end zone, I, that ball couldn't have been put any other place and have that play succeed. And even as perfectly placed as it was, it still required Kelsey to make a twisting, diving mm-hmm. catch with a guy draped all over his back. I mean, this is a. We're talking. Both Kelseys are first ballot Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two brothers that'll go in on the first ballot. Pretty amazing stuff. And and uh, Travis, he was talking right back uh, with the Ravens. Uh, you could see it for him especially. It seemed really personal. Yes. Uh, well, and once again, they're trying to intimidate mm-hmm. a first ballot Hall of Famer who gets everybody's best shot all the time. You're not going to intimidate him. Right. You can. You just got to play better. You know. Yep. I mean, it's so often. 
uh, when teams in any sport try to play the bully. I mean, you've got to you got to be really good at being a bully to have that work against elite players. Yep. Uh, that was just the wrong way to go. If you if you go back and replay that game and have the Ravens not commit any of the personal foul penalties, they got a real chance to win that thing. Yeah, no doubt. A uh, lot of criticism coming Dan Campbell's way after the Lions give up that big lead uh, to the 49ers and lose at the end. Is some of that warranted? I mean, his two decisions to go for it on fourth down, not pick the field goals, did cost them and might have cost them the game. Hmm. Here's my problem with the easy knee-jerk reaction to those decisions. Mm-hmm. That is the way they played all year. It fits their personality. It's one of the reasons they've stopped being the stinky old Lions and become the, the best, by far the best team in the division. Um, so here's the way I look at it. And you know, I watched this uh, in Florida when like working the game or anything, but here's my impression. I think the first time he faced fourth down in field goal range, a field goal would have put him up by 17. I would have in that situation, I would have kicked the field goal because that gives you a three-score lead and puts pressure on the other team. I would have kicked the field goal there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's no guarantee he makes the field goal, but that would have been my option there. The second one, I think, was fourth and two. And to me, it's really hard to second-guess him when, when they call a play, he gets the receiver wide open, the quarterback hits him in the hands, on a play that might have been a 10, 15, 20-yard play, might have set him up for a touchdown, and the guy just drops it, hmm. you know? Yep. It, it, I, I just have trouble holding the coach responsible when a player makes a basic error like that. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, right in the hat, dropped interception, too, for the Lions. That would have made, uh, you know, potentially yep. a, a big difference in that, well, that game. That might have been the biggest, and that might yep. have been the biggest play of the game. And yep. listen, the, the 49ers are great. They were going to come back in some form. Uh, I'm not surprised by that at all. But the biggest play of the game might have been a ball that Purdy bounced off the face mask of a defender mm. and the receiver was talented enough to catch it. Uh, right. So there's some luck involved there, too. No doubt. Uh, Brock Purdy has uh, been answering uh, critics for two years who think too small, not a big enough arm, more of a game manager. I thought he answered those critics yesterday. I, I think he's a very, I think he's been a very good to exceptional player since he got the starting job. Mm-hmm. His record speaks for itself. Winning games, producing points, pushing the ball downfield. Um, I still don't think he or the 49ers are, have played great football for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they caught the, you know, the Lions had the Gibbs fumble. They had a bad interception. They had the bad luck on the long play, you know, play off the face mask to Ayuk. Then they had the two fourth down calls that didn't go their way. I really think... I. I don't think the 49ers are playing their best. I don't think Purdy's playing his best. He did enough to lead an almost historic comeback, and I give him full credit for that. But to me, he didn't look all that sharp until he had to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's a great formula when you have to go beat Patrick Mahomes now. Yeah. Uh, hey, big game tonight for the Timberwolves in Oklahoma City uh, down at uh, OKC. Uh, is this a measuring stick game? Or are you not too worried about the outcome tonight? How are you looking at tonight's game? Honestly, I think we should just try to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Here we are. It's almost the end of January, and the Timberwolves, for the second time in their 35-year history, are playing for a one seed. Mm-hmm. And, and Oklahoma City is absolutely an admirable opponent, both in the standings and on the court. They play beautiful basketball. These are two really well-coached teams, uh, two teams coming off really disappointing losses to bad teams, which shows it can happen to anybody. Um, I just, I'm just enjoying the heck out of the fact that these teams are playing for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Wolves lose, 
I think that will be kind of another in a series of wake-up calls that, hey, you got to get your act together here uh, before something slips away. They haven't been, they've been playing terribly in fourth quarters this last month. They've lost games they shouldn't have lost this last month. Um, you know, I tend to still look at that as a lull in the midst of a great season. But, you know, you lose, you lose another one, and every, everyone you lose, it gets a little more serious. So a victory kind of puts them right back on a great path, a loss. There's going to be a little more soul-searching. The other thing is we're just finding out time and time and again that they really need Mike Connolly uh, on the floor in for, for fourth quarter, healthy and spry. And I really still think that the trade deadline target is going to be a backup point guard who can take a little bit of the weight off his shoulders. Yeah, bit of a sore hamstring, I guess, with Connolly right now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, yeah, need him. Boy, he's... He's, I, I hate to use this phrase, the adult in the room, the adult on the court when he's out there. He, he just settles them down, you know. Uh, and, and, and you really actually are using exactly the right phrase. Mm-hmm. Because Anthony Edwards is a, is a wonderful player. He's, what, I, I can't remember, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he still should be in college. Um, Carl Vinny Towns is a wonderful player. Um, he's not the mature, and he's, I think he's a great human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not the most mature player you're ever to come across. Yep. Rudy Gobert, I don't think he's the most mature individual you're ever to come across. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conley is the antidote to having your three best players not be necessarily the most mature people you're ever going to come across. That's right. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.